go to thecognitiverampage.com. Keep fueling the change, whatever it is that you guys can do to help continue to allow this to happen. None of this would happen without you and your love and your support and, of course, your contributions. Love you. The Cognitive Rampage, a scientific approach to self-discovery, change, and life optimization, is now available on Amazon. What I do in the book is I fuse the latest research from the cognitive, behavioral, social, environmental, and biological sciences. It's not just motivational fluff and wordplay. Now, I do talk about my own story, so there's some kind of inspiration in there, but I'm not just spinning words and hyping you up with motivational fluff. Whether you need a life change, simply enjoy self-exploration and optimization, want to discover new hidden passions, or reduce the life-altering effects of toil, anxiety, depression, all of those issues, this book is for you. This book is not a cookie-cutter method of steps to follow. You'll customize the scientific framework with your own personal beliefs to build your authentic change. That way you assimilate it faster and quicker. It's not just copying my beliefs and telling you step one, step two. These will come from your beliefs as how you extend and build the foundation upon this framework. You'll use this framework throughout your whole life, through every change, and through every age. These are not empty words of motivational spin. This book is an experience. The Cognitive Rampage is based in science and is built from your beliefs. It's a path to help you unleash your desired change. You can apply this method on your own with no harmful side effects. Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you live in your Cognitive Rampage. Been a minute back. feel like I haven't done a podcast in a while. It's weird. If I go like three or four days, it feels like I've done one in a while. But this one... Uh, got moved once. It was scheduled non- another time before, and we finally get to do it. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Welcome to the podcast, Terrence. Hey, thank you, Adam, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, of course, man. You've uh, been active as hell in the Tribe of Change and uh, sharing your thoughts and social commentary. I love how you explain it. But, you know, the, the T-shirts, too, I love. You're wearing one of them now, too, man. Uh, they, 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 they caught me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a... I'm just trying to put stuff out there, man, and make people just put it in their face and make them think about it. It's, you know, it affects everybody from, you know, this this culture, you know, it goes back to Jacques Fresco and everything. It's just culture. Yeah, I mean, the the Enjoy Chemicals is, is right up the Cognitive Rampage alley because that's, ex- <laughs> I mean, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're doing, man. But, you know, before we go, you know, I'll squirrel off or something will happen. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. other things. Um, you know, introduce yourself, you will, to, to the guests. I don't know much about you either, so I, I know what you share and what you post. So kind of walk me into the life of Terrence, man. Take me uh, where you come from. You were born, so, I, you know, I got to do this. Yeah, man. It's I just did a – it's actually fairly easy for me to articulate this to you because I just finished Jordan Peterson's life authoring. Uh, and, and you kind of talk about, you know, your childhood growing up. And, and, and anyways, but – so I was born in 1982, New Rochelle, New York. Uh, I was a little, little dude, man. I, I popped out a little early, uh, months early, two pounds, three ounces, man. Oh, wow. Still, a little premature. Still, so a little little trauma to begin with as soon as you're walking yeah, into the planet, huh? Yeah, man, which I just tapped into doing some FP uh, releases on my trap a couple of weeks ago, pretty pretty wild. But uh yeah, man, started, um, you know, little dude fighting, fighting right off the gun. And, you know, it's something I always kind of just brushed under the rug. But you know, current new things uh, came to light with, uh, you know, that I do have mad trauma from that, from being under these crazy lights and, and all these machines beeping, and, you know. But, uh, you know, it was hot in there. Had to get out, fought my way out. And uh, my mom moved us down. My, my real father, who, who passed when I was young, he uh, battled battled the demons and didn't win uh with his was alcohol and uh, my mom moved us down to florida uh when i was two and lucky to have a stepfather who was a cop for 28 years so uh at the airport here in, in, in fort myers so was able to have that and uh, a stable family uh growing up man uh mom and dad mom's a preschool teacher dad was a cop so very lucky in that respect um, but you know, typical little kid stuff. I was, you know, skinny little kid. You know, got picked on here or there. Uh, you know, into high school, started rolling with, you know, like 
a good little crew of mine, but they were troublemakers and that led, you know, to a lot of dumb, dumb stuff. But, you know, they say you can't be, uh, you can't be old and wise if you weren't young and dumb. So I think, I, <laughs> I think we got some good shots. Yeah. Well, I, I'm either a, a dumb motherfucker or, or I don't, I'm still waiting on my wisdom <laughs> from all right, yeah, <laughs> I don't I know which you, one. Man. Yeah, man. But uh, so yeah, just, I, I hear some good spin, though, man. I, I I hear you know jumping past, you know, losing really, if you will, your real father, man. That uh, that hits home for me, man. I I worry about those things, you know, because my my adopted daughter and <clears throat> and what you know what she had to go through, kind of basically, um, unattaching or you know he unattached her really, you know, and and letting that go, but then allowing me to be the dad, you know, being the adopted father, you know. I, I worry that sometimes that that's going to come back to haunt her and her and her mental health. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess you never really know. I mean, but that's I think that's one of the most selfless things you can do as a man is to take on a child that's not yours. I mean, that's uh-huh. you know, doesn't get more more stepping up to the plate than that, you know. So yeah, I, yeah, I was I mean, hooked, man. But yeah, I, I I get it why why people do it. I I've heard the comment once before that um, adopted parents, if you will, choose to love. It's like that they don't have to. Is that we we choose to, and it's kind like of a, it. it's kind of a different uh, love, and I would say it's different. You know, I <clears throat> I have a lot of people that that talk to me. You know, hey Adam, which is kind of fucked up too when I think about it. You know, a friend of mine will be like, hey, look, it's just different when you have your own. You know, it's you can adopt one and you know raise it like it's your own forever. That I, but it's just not the same. And I and I I don't know where you at with because I I don't know what to say. I'm kind of like, <clears throat> well, I, I guess it's not the same because it's not the same technically, but. Um, I guess there's different feelings. Uh, sure, you know. I mean, so I, I, guess, I mean, I guess there's a, obviously some sort of biological thread that makes it different. But you know, what does that mean? Anybody can, any you know, you need licenses for fishing for Christ's sake. But you, anybody can have a kid all willy nilly, and you know that doesn't always work out. You know, so it takes a. Well, my argument, yeah, that's kind of my argument with them, Terrence, is like, you know, look, uh, there's dads and moms that run out that are the biological moms and dads. There's no attachment. So so what does that mean? Exactly. Right. They're deuces. So I, I, it's just not the same, Adam. You know, when you you have your own one day, as they like to tell me, I'm like, what? you know, you're going to call me when your daughter turns 15. My daughter just turned 18. So I'm like, you're going to call me when they're in their teens. I'm going to be like, now you need advice, huh? Now that my daughter's already teenaged and grown and, and your cute little two-year-old is now turned to makeup. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a little truth on both sides, but you know, it, you know, it all goes down to your actions. And so, I mean, there's, there's probably a little truth as far as the biological thread, but if, you know, if you're not in it to win it, then you know, what does it matter where it comes yeah, from? For sure, man. Now, so what I was getting is you, you kind of, in strength, you know, skip by the fact, you know, your dad was an alcoholic for a, a, the beginning part of your life and your mom being strong enough to move out of that and walk away from that. That's very difficult to do. Um, my mother was in a, a, a tough relationship like that. So I know how hard that is. And so she walks away, goes down, comes to Fort Myers and, you know, uh, has provides a cool life. You know, what I know about Fort Myers that you may not say um, is I know Fort Myers became kind of a hub on the addiction trail. Um, a lot of people used up and down through Fort Myers that I would see in certain recovery centers in Naples and in the West. Yeah, well, I'm, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I just, I, and so I kind of the environment. So when you say, you know, raised in Fort Myers in an area, I also kind of get the environment that, that you're raised around kind of from an inside. So I was kind of making that clear to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, you were down in Naples at the Willow. I mean, you saw the, you know, the pill mill. 75 was the pill mill right up to Ohio, Michigan. And, and you know, these, you know, these doctors, I, I was a little before, you know, my, my troubles with, with, with that were, we're back in high school with not nothing like op- opioids, but just being dumb and, 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 you know, mild drug use and stuff like that. But I, I kind of missed the boat on that, but very lucky to live in a good, you know, a good area in South Fort Myers, nice little neighborhood. My, my best friend's parents still to this day live, you know, 10 houses down the street. And so I, I was in a good area, but I know many people were not that lucky. And, uh, you know, I'm right down the road from an area they call Harlem Heights. And, and that's just a, a little strip of, uh, you know, all sorts of demons running amok and, and, um, and, and that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. But I, I dig Fort Myers that my, you know, my, uh, I don't put specifically where my mom lives, but she lives on the West coast over there and, uh, some of the most beautiful beaches. I, I do like going over there. I have some life changing experiences, man, over there on some of those white sandy beaches. 
Yeah, man, it's not a bad place to be. Um, you know, I'm hoping in the next couple of years, I like St. Pete. My sister's up there with my niece and nephew. It's a little more progressive, if you will, as far as open-mindedness and, and whatnot. But it's not a bad place to be stuck, man. I work on a, uh, a Sanibel Island, uh, and uh, yeah, I meet people from all over the world. Uh, in fact, I just took a trip in October and was able to stay with friends that I met at the, on Sanibel in Germany. And, and, you know, it's just really cool how it shook out, so... Oh, that's cool, man. It's you're finding that more and more ever since kind of this Airbnb idea came out. You're seeing like more and more openness of friends that meet friends that say, okay, yeah, you could use our place over here. If we can travel to your place over here, you see a lot more of that, that sharing stuff going on. Yeah, man. And just everybody's good people, man. The media would lead you to believe that you know, everyone's out to get you. But you know, most people, I, that guy I waited on two years ago, I used to serve at this restaurant and uh, we, you know, he hit me up when I was in Holland, DM me on Instagram, said, Hey, you want me to show you around? And this dude just took me around, took me to see, um, the windmills and made me a Dutch meal. And we, you know, puffed some Dutch cigarettes and, and you know, had a beer and got down and, you know, just nice people all over the world, man. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's true. Just lucky. If you watch enough, you know, news or rotation of news, etc. Um, I, I got off the news hit a long time ago, and it was weird that as of recently, uh, just because it's easy, sometimes I pop on like the CNN rotation or ABC rotation. I just like to hear what they're all saying for a little bit. And I, when I hadn't watched the news in a while, really, it's, it's and not then, good. And it turns to this like two minutes of real quick information and boom, the next story. Two minutes of the next information just rotating so quickly. I'm like, man, this barely feeds the facts. It's, you know, force an opinion. And like you said, it, it really makes you think like, damn, I, I shouldn't travel anywhere. It's crazy out there. I, I better just stay home. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I haven't had a cable in a couple of years and, and I was at a buddy's house uh, entertaining. We watched the end of the Dolphins game or whatever, and the news was on for two minutes and it was, you know, five murders, a kidnapping, literally two minutes of, of news. And I was like, what, what are they doing? You know, it's just all fear mongering. And, and I mean, there is good news out there and I'm sure pertinent information that people need to know, but yeah, I, I, it's a, be a better way they could go about it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're programmed, right? We're programmed, they, they think, what, evolutionarily to be attracted to, to watching, you know, pain, suffering, wound, you know, harm, what's happening, right? To, so we watch that violence, if you will, almost because we, we are triggered of some sort of we need to learn this so we're safe and because we evolved that way. So we're programmed almost to watch this shit, and then it just keeps feeding us and feeding us. But yeah, there's a reason they call it television programming, you know, and, you know, we have this need, we have this need to be told stories, you know, from cavemen, you know, to the Roman Colosseum, you know, these, we crave stories. Why do we fill these movie theaters? What, 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 what is it about these archetypical stories that we, we crave them and, and, uh, and, you know, they, they play on that, you know, and, and, and just, you know, they suck you in with a nice little story and then bam, hit you over the head with 10 terrible, you know. <laughs> stories dude i think that's funny man because i have often thought that myself where i say it's okay as a mass as a group that we all walk into this giant dark room together and we're gonna play we're gonna play make-believe together and we're all gonna be okay with it we're gonna sit here and imagine that this we're gonna just allow ourselves to drift away into this movie a place of creation we know what's gonna happen hell we we all went and saw the titanic and we know how that ended in the- <laughs> exactly we <laughs> go ahead and we yeah we need we, we we all want it we all want to just get away we all want to just you know tune into somebody else that's you know it's it's a strange thing and i, I can't explain it but it's uh, it's weird how we crave these stories and we you know if they're good ones they'll suck us in emotionally we'll 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 shed emotional tears from pictures on a screen and when you know it's it's wild yeah, it's it is nuts to to be linked uh, to something that is well. I guess it's it's not crazy if you look at it the other way too. That truly, the lives we lead to are simply the movies that we create, the narratives we're telling about other people, the world, the the government, they, my boss, right, my health. It's the same thing, and so we all participate, if you will, really in our own little movies, and we all kind of play make believe of, of of what's real or what isn't. Yeah, I mean, just like. Uh... Just like how I found you, uh, Rogan talks about be the hero of your own movie, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, some people's lives are 
or like a tragedy, you know, and they don't know it yet, you know, and they tell themselves this sad story all the time. And, and it, it's you know. wild. It's wild. The power that it, it really has in the creation. Now we could make the argument, right. That there truly is reality that we're just not smart enough, right. To have discovered how yet, right. That there must be a mechanism to everything that thus yet we just haven't discovered it. So we can't play with it and our, and call it a, a perception or whatever we want it to be. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would adhere to that for sure. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I in my early twenties, I was, you know, living a whole different life, uh, not searching for knowledge or seeking, but run away, running away from who I knew I could be. You know, with the alcohol and chasing women and, and, and all this, and and it was, it wasn't the life I wanted to lead. But you know, it takes people. Some people never get out of it. You know, and and I'm not saying I'm I'm somewhere. I'm in a better place now, but you know, it's all about how you shape it, you know, and, and you know, who knows? I mean, we're spinning on a spaceship in infinity, you know, with no roof. So it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you got me. Yeah. It, it's hard uh, to, to, to even really differentiate between whether we're living our constructs or somebody else's or uh, whether it's, but I mean, all that said in, in, in jest, right. Whether we could discover all that or not, whether there let's really are mathematical explanations or emotional genetic implications for why we choose this over that. Okay, so we solve all that or we figure all that out. We're still here, right? We're still we're still a present in the moment going, I have that feeling, right? I still want to do that. Right. I I dude, there's so many times, Terrence, that um, since starting this journey so many years ago of kind of just questioning myself everything and running down rabbit holes and opening up there's so many times dude i wish i sometimes i go fuck can i go back to not knowing anything yeah being asleep man is, is easy bro you went and got your football you got your beer you go to work you come home you eat dinner you watch the news i mean it's you know it's it's easy breezy i mean obviously not i'm saying that in tongue-in-cheek and jest but uh, but once you open up your eyes, it's, it's, yeah, like, you know, just like that movie. Yeah. Like you want to know, you know, I, I kind of, people make fun of the, the admin, even all that stuff. Here's what I look at as some kind of metaphor, right? Somebody going, Oh, you want to know, you really want to know, you know what I mean? Okay. You, you, you didn't want to have to know before. And, and now here you go. Here's the endless thirst of wanting to know. And that will lead you to pretty much nowhere anyway. And the more you know and the more you invent, the more you're going to fucking make shit that destroys you anyway. Okay. Here you go. You know, that's kind of what it, you know, that's why I, I laugh in jest now, but it's really like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've been down the Jordan Peterson rabbit hole and he started a whole biblical lecture on the psychological significance of these stories and, and you know, the things he talks about, even just as a thought experiment, uh, really cool stuff about Adam and Eve and, and just where we came from and how we sat and watched each other. And these stories are simple, but they had to be simple because they had to be passed down orally for 75,000 years at least. And this another wild rabbit hole, man. But yeah. Yeah, it's a trip, man. I, I was uh, just rambling on the porch the other night with uh, my lady, Patricia, and just walking through the, the conundrums of religion and or maybe a belief of. And it was rather wild, man, because I said, oh, let's, 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 you know, I took Sam Harris's approach, right, and the opposite religious approach of that, saying that, well, let's assume, all right, that God is moving us around like chess pieces that blesses these and not these people you know and then chooses this and then if we're moved around like chess pieces then i look at sam harris's argument then when he says well then why are we blessed as opposed to the innocent three-year-old that gets shot you know right or any of these other crossovers he tries to argue it's immoral even to think uh, to believe in a god to a point right that we're being blessed and other people aren't and uh enriched arguments of intellectual masturbation and yeah so I was doing the same. Then I played, well, let's just say he's not moving us around like pieces, right? That we're given the free will and choices, but yet we're given the natural instincts to want to fuck, <laughs> to want to do certain things that we're not supposed to do. Then we created a perfect thing that then fights against itself. And then I came to an end of saying, wait, if I'm a spirit that's thus inside this physical body and I was a spirit once before, why did I choose this physical entrapment? For one, <laughs> it's, why, uh, didn't I why didn't I just stay what I was? Why did I go through this for an experience so I continue to be the spirit I was before anyway? Um, <laughs> and I, so I start walking through all these things of 
Well, the, then well, if if we were created perfectly, but then had to get judged, you just start to spin your head, dude. And go, well, it's wild, man. It's I mean, it's you know, it goes from you know we're here, right, and we, we're here, we're alive, and we're only alive because you know all of our ancestors for hundreds of thousands of years didn't die, and we're the tip of the spear of the human evolution. We're sitting here in this crazy world in the strange times, and. and you know, and, and going back to uh, you know the Sam Harris, I'm I'm on the JP team, and this and just just in his thoughts, and it's like, you know, he talks about you know it goes back to FP and, and like you know the truth, you know things aren't true until you say them, you know, and to, you know things aren't real unless you speak them in a relationship in psychology, like you know yes, these big guys in the gym weightlifting like crazy, and it's like. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, are you trying to lift them? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, truth is the ultimate thing. And, and, you know, you can get away with stuff. But it talks about, like, remember when you were doing something when you were a kid and you got in trouble and you didn't know. And, and you didn't know and it was just a slap on the wrist. But remember the times when you got busted for something that you knew you shouldn't be doing while you were doing it? And what was the repercussions on that? You know, like, usually it hits you ten times fold. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, we're in this weird time. Like I said, when I was in Holland, I was lucky enough to be, I have a great, great uncle who was a famous architect. He built this thing called the Beers van Berlach. And it's a, it used to be a stock exchange built in like the late 1800s. Um, and now the King and the Queen of Holland got married there. And I was sitting in this place, having coffee in the place that my ancestor built. Uh, you know, three people removed from me on the other side of the world. And this guy built a physical thing and I was sitting in it and the waiter's uh, apron had my last name on it. And it was just the strangest thing to be like, that's right. There were others before me and, and, and there'll be others after me, you know, God willing, we don't, we don't knock it all out here in my lifetime. And, and, we're, and it's just, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, you know, where do our thoughts come from? Are they our thoughts? I mean, you sit down, he talks about you sit down to study. But that's not what happens. Your brain starts creating all sorts of avenues. And, you know, what, you know, it, it's wild, man. It's wild. I, I, yeah, I, I, there's, we have craze for things like we must have answers or responses even in that way. You know, so to look even at a logical way to explain things like spiritual or whatever we call them that are greater than us. I also see that angle where I say, look, I have a feeble mind to try to maybe even understand this. And I, cause all I do know is the more I learn, the more I know, I don't know. So if that is, and if that is tenfold over and the more, and the, the more I learn, the more I learn, the more and more I don't know. Well, then that's telling me the more I learn about something, the more I, and further I get away from something I can't even understand. And, you know, so are we okay with really going, I don't fucking know, and I'm okay with it. I just kind of feel a vibration, right? Or I think a vibration or so. Are we okay with just that? That's why sometimes, brother, I wish I could just go, you know what? Fuck, I, I unknow. <laughs> I unfucking know. And let me just go back. Man. Yeah, man, there's a, it, there's a lot. It's wild, man. But, uh, I mean, in the same breath as, as, as we say this, and it's so overwhelming to, to be aware of all these things now that I've been down this rabbit hole of my FP and uh, mitochondrial health, catching sunrises every day and grounding and how Wi-Fi and, and you know, blue light are terrible and all this, it's, it can be exhausting, man. But, but there's people like ourselves and, and people out there, you know, instead of a disease, like you would want to say that the news is, uh, you know, there's people behind the scenes trying to create an ease, you know what I'm saying? Like that are trying to heal, whether it's, you know, naughty with FP, trying to heal people uh, with no BS, you know, results and um, maps, trying to heal people with trauma with uh, out there with psychedelic medicines and, and you know, just honest conversations, man. The, the, um, the intro to my podcast, Podcast Addicts, which is just a little service. And now I try to tell people about just what's out there. I got tired of sending podcast to all my friends and then nobody pays attention so i just figured i'd do a little 20 minute thing and and it's um it's jaco willing and he, and he in my little intro is a clip of him talking about how you know the first thing they do in a coup is try to take over the radio uh and you know this podcast movement is 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 we've taken the radio back over and we are we are the ones who are um you know, giving information out, you know, person by person and, and sometimes in large groups and, 
just trying to get open conversation and not just corporate, you know, BS about this or that or buy a new car, get a new credit card or, you know, but just trying to have real conversations, you know. I like that view, man. I like that uh, the Wilco intro of, you know, you do. You take the radio back because you can pound the propaganda or you can make the change or the information. You do, you do with it as you choose, man. So I think as the people do take that back, we are taking back the information. You know, you, although you, you do start to see we're right behind where we start to define this is marketing. You know, promotions, sponsoring, branding, adding, you know, brand. Hell, people nowadays just live a brand, really. It's just like, this is my name. I have to create a logo for who I am, buy my domain, and create a fucking brand. You know, so we, we kind of live by those branding yeah. ideas, you know? Yeah, and I did it ironically and not intentionally. I have my little T-shirt company is called The Terry Cloth. And, and I just, I thought it was a cool little name because it's a piece of me, I and, and, but I hate, you know, I hate branding. I hate, you know, the, 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 the idea of a life coach or, or people, you know, cause nobody wants to listen to anybody anyway. So, you know, the, <laughs> the only thing you can do is, you know, whether my goal is through art or, or t-shirts or, or podcasts, just try to lead people to the information. If they want to bite on it and, and go down the rabbit hole and check it out, that's cool. But you know, when you're, you know, when you were in your 20s, someone's like, hey, you shouldn't be drinking so much. It's not good for you. You'd be like, you know, fuck you. Like, <laughs> nobody wants to listen. You tell people, hey, you keep doing, you know, bench press all day. It's, you're going to blow out your shoulder at 50. Uh, you know, what was the FP just put a thing on where they showed the guy who had like the most deadlift record for a deadlift, um, clean and jerk or whatever. He's sitting in a wheelchair. So, you know, that's that's what it takes. Like, nobody wants to listen. Some people are open to listen, and, uh, you know, that's what I was. My kind of road to this kind of started where uh, I had a business I was running. My heart wasn't in it. I just broke up with my girl, and uh, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. And I listened to a Dr. Rhonda Patrick podcast about intermittent fasting, and I started doing it. And just the discipline of it and the, the clean head I had, and I was like, maybe if I can control – what I eat and when I eat, then I can maybe can better control the path of my life. And uh, through that, and I took Aubrey Marcus, uh, go for your win course and had this amazing community of people that I met and went to Austin and met him and Dr. Engel and all, it was really cool. Um, and, and I was able to kind of put together a plan to get myself out of this, uh, you know, own little, you know, not ideal spot I was in. And, and uh, dude, the power of podcast, bro, changed my life. Man. I mean, and I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm, I'm better than I used to be, you know. And just, it's a process, man, and it's wild. And you're right. Sometimes, some days, I, I look at all the stuff I'm trying to pull off, and I'm like, I just want to you know, clock out, bro. Just go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, take me back. Walk me through what that was like, man. I heard you say you went and saw Doctor Engel and went through some courses there, man. What was like the full workup like? What were they doing? It was, it was a, so it was an online course I took over uh, probably a, how many weeks was it? Maybe four months, three months, four month course. Uh, it's Go For Your Win. It was Aubrey Marcus. Um, and, uh, and he was going to put together a book, but he didn't put it together. And so his buddy was like, you should, this guy, CT, really cool cat, uh, was like, uh, you should try to make it a course. And so. Uh, this guy, Connor Moore would do a uh, really cool guy has a podcast called pleasure monkey would do a, uh, a Wednesday call with us and we'd all jump in via Facebook live. And, you know, it was open. I mean, I'm 30 at the time I was 34, you know, I had a failing business. I was at a restaurant that I wasn't really digging everything. I, a girlfriend, I'd, I'd went to Hawaii with a, a ring <laughs> in my bag and kept it in the bag. And just, you know, was slowly kind of understanding that I wasn't where I wanted to be and I could feel my gut kind of pulling me. And so I went all in on this course. Some people would, you know, pop in, hey, I'm four weeks late. And it's like, pull into this course, you know, and it was every, you know, a little chapter and then you'd write about something and you do experiments like, you know, I think the course started, I don't have my books in front of me, but started with the top five deathbed regrets. Like what were people, what are people's top five deathbed regrets? And and they were like, you know, didn't spend enough time with family, you know, didn't chase my goal, didn't chase my dream, you know, didn't stay connected to my friends and all these things. And then it went on different modalities of um, stillness, whether it be through meditation. I took Corey Allen's six-week meditation course after that. It was really cool through, uh, 
flotation therapy, which I've been down on. I do float tanks like every other week at, down in Bonita at Float and Flourish. A uh, little shout out for my boy. And um, uh, let's see. And, uh, and just built this, you know, everybody was honest and just trying to better themselves and figure out what their niche might be. And some people's niche was to use their job that they didn't really like, but they made a lot of money to do what they passionate about on the side or to switch this or that or, or, and it was really cool, man. And it was just, this dude just genuinely, his motto is, uh, LBN the Totos, which is, uh, you know, for the good of all. And I probably murdered that Spanish. The dudes at my job are going to rip me up. But, um, but it was just a really cool experience, man. And, and Dr. Ringo came and Christine Hassler came to the graduation and we got to meet him. We had uh, 20 of us stayed at this big house in Austin and we all clicked like we were best buds just because we were so open prior. There was no weirdness, no feeling people out, no nothing like that. It was just all genuine love and, and really cool connections made. Man, that sounds beautiful. It sounds like a full-on integrative change. You were socially connecting with people, but bringing some science along the way, trying new things along the same. Um, sounds like a full-on integrative, you know, how long was the whole course? I want to say it started in September and ended in uh, February was when we went. So, yeah, close to, I think, four months, three months, something like that. Yeah. That's some dedication, man, and it looks like it really spawned something for you, though, man. Like it, it really either grasped on tighter to what you were believed in, or yeah, what it well, really it made, did for you at the end. Bring it to me at it, the end. What it really provide? It just it kind of brought me to you know basically you know quit dragging my feet, see my vision, write out my vision. Same with uh, that Jordan Peterson life authoring. It did a mini version of that, and it was like write about a life you could have. If everything you wanted were to occur, if you know, if you could, if you could set yourself up, and I saw this little flash of this vision, and one of the things was just a small thing was me to get a website up, and so, you know, right after February, I happened to link up with a, a buddy's girlfriend who does web design. Uh, shout out to Haley Nichols, and uh, and she put my website up, and a week prior to that, I sent, I did a podcast shirt with four of my favorite podcast dudes. It was Marcus Rogan, Tay Fletcher and Duncan Trussell. And dude, on my birthday, the first day my website existed, uh, Tate Fletcher sends me a shout out on Instagram wearing my shirt. And I sold like five, 10 of these shirts with his and Rogan's name. And it was just like unreal, man. And it, you know, it, it all starts with a seed, man. And it's just, it was just really cool. But basically it's all just trying to you know, formulate my vision, grab a few people with me along the way, people that want to try to better themselves and share this information. Because we all see, I mean, even my shirt is in jest, but, you know, we got family members who deal with, you know, diabetes or, you know, your parents. And we, you know, as Dr. Rhonda Patrick says, it's a brain gut connection. Once you eat one cookie, there's a reason you eat like 10 more. And it's, you know, these are, I don't, I don't know how to word it, but just trying to get knowledge out there to help people lead a, a, a better, you know, you know, hopefully pain-free, hopefully more enjoyable existence and lead them to some things that might help them out in their struggle. Because like JP says, man, everybody's suffering, bro. Life's suffering. You don't have to scratch too far to to find a terrible story that someone's had in their life, you know? So anything you can do to try to better it, that's what I'm for, man. If you woke up tomorrow and a miracle had happened, what will have happened? Can you repeat the question? If you woke up tomorrow and a miracle had happened overnight, what would have happened? Hmm. I don't really know, man. I mean, I guess would be, what does that term entail? I mean, I guess it would be like, I just continue on my path, man. If I could get out of this restaurant, I'm in, would be dope. But uh, <laughs> this would be <laughs> a magic wish, basically. You wake up a wish, okay. a, a global wish, a, a interpersonal, anything. Uh, you wake up in the morning and a, a wish had been granted or a miracle had happened. And that would have been, I woke up and uh, actually Patricia asked me that last night. And I said, Yeah, what's your answer? I, I, I think I said, um, I woke up tomorrow and people had the inability to hate. And then I, then I, that was quick. And then I thought, then I played it off. I said, shit, if you had inability to hate, but you still had weird drives to murder or rape or do things, but then people couldn't hate you. I thought, fuck, maybe that would be a good emotion that you actually need. Cause I, maybe I hate doing something. Right. So I want to, so I said, fuck, man, that's probably a bad answer too, man. It's, it's, it's a difficult answer. Um, I mean, 
selfishly for me, it would just, I guess, would be a, let's see, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would just be for people to kind of see what, what what's going on and, and just you know, wake people up a little bit. I mean, it's such a drawn out term and it's so played out and I hate to say it, but like, I mean, just people could be more open, I guess, be more open to new, new ideas that might help them out, I guess. Uh, yeah. Selfishly, my answer would be a little more capital so I could manifest a few more of my projects and dreams, but 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 really i guess it would be just have people be more open and and, and yeah just you know people not be uh yeah just not be so closed off my oh, i know everything oh it's like bitch you've never been here before we well, you know <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows <laughs> that's my line i love that shit too dog nobody knows you don't fucking know that we we can walk down all the mumbo jumbo of words that we choose all you want to and in yeah you don't know <laughs> you don't fucking no, know. nobody knows i mean a few people more a, a little more than others but but it's like nobody really knows what's up what we're doing a few people in the past that tried to explain what's going on we usually kill them well but, but even then though right you're like how many people though do we just make shit up just because like i often wondered i, I used to wonder when i was a kid if you could take a baby and put them on a an island you know away from everybody and somehow it could survive right and grow itself and lived what would be there would would there still be the idea or would we need to would the baby or would young adult whatever create the idea there must be a god or there has to be a creator would that be embedded in them right how much of the genetics of the of the people that dropped off the child there you know i used to often wonder how much that would actually you know be involved or be in a human right how much would naturally it would be there to do something like that or believe something like that and uh, looks hey, like it. Can you can you repeat that question? I'm sorry, I got a call and it cut you out for a second. <laughs> no worries, Terrence. Um, I was just chatting that I, I often wondered as a kid that if we could take a baby and somehow it could survive and feed itself without um, you know help, and it and it grew up, would the baby still have thoughts of you know a greater creator, right, or a being? How much of the genetic role would have a play? What thoughts or instincts would be there or beliefs? Um, you know, would we create it anyway? Right. Cause there's, we have this incessant need to know. And if we don't fucking know, we come up with things like theories or hypothesis, or we tell stories or myths about, you know, well, <laughs> what it could be. We need to know cause we're, we're creatures that need a name. I mean, that goes back from our genetics of hunting, I believe is, is we need an aim. We need something to aim for we're, we're you know, we're not good if we're not aiming for something, you know what I mean? We're, we, we're searching for me. I've been on a war path for the last three years, just seeking, you know, just searching for, you know, from my boys into my boy eight, nine years ago, put me on the Jacques Fresco and we were, you know, and he's uh, in sustainability and, and, uh, and fruit forest and stuff like that. And we were supposed to go to the Venus project and when, and I heard he passed and we drug our feet for six months and ah, man, that was a bummer, man. But it's, I don't know. I mean, we all, like he says, we're all victims of culture. I mean, so if there's no culture, that changes, you know, everything, I guess. I mean, if. But without, you know, then I'm, my answer to that sometimes is, well, if it's not this culture, wouldn't we thus then create a culture anyway? It would be something that we would create. And you know what I mean? It would be a, another story, whether that's what I said. We, how do we live? If we can, just because we can identify social constructs and then remove them, wouldn't we then thus be placing other type of constructs <laughs> to create something because we're doing something throughout the day, right? Yeah, it's only natural. I mean, there couldn't be just nothing. Like, <laughs> right. We, I don't think that. I, yeah, I mean, I don't get, I don't know. I mean, like, like Jack Fred says, like, you know, in the, back in the day that, you know, in the, Christians were fed the lions and that was what people did because that was their culture and they hey, we're gonna go see the lions today daddy and and oh can I get a candy and you know and they watched lions fight Christians and that was their culture and that was normal like in some way and, and some level for them but I mean but then we have this culture now where in the culture now I mean I walk my dog around my little neighborhood here and I see old people just, you know, staring at these picture boxes and they're just entranced by these, not that, you know, not that everything's bad about television and whatnot, but they're just staring and, and that's our culture here, you know, and in Europe, the culture was, you know, everyone's out and about walking around, riding bikes, smoking squares. <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know if there could ever be nothing. I don't, yeah, I don't it's, think it's, so. 
Right. So it's it's easy, right, to point out social constructs like I often do is point them out as social constructs influencing influencing us. But then I'm like, all right, well, if not those, then what? <laughs> what are, yeah. What do you? Yeah. What do you replace them with? I mean, factual based scientific things that are provable by well. We have to question science forever because, well, physics would say it could be here, but also there. So if we stop questioning and we make rules based on science that's continually changing that we question, then the rules must change in question. <laughs> yeah, man, quantum, that, that quantum world, that'll, that'll make your head spin, bro. That's something yeah. can be in one place here and there and exist in the same time here and somewhere else. and. <laughs> Yeah, the you know you brought up a statement when you were saying you know about you know finding financing funding whatever to to achieve dreams goals right make them come true whatever those are for anybody you know and I I often too been an entrepreneur since I don't know nine um, I think the first um, illegal uh, uh, the illegal operation I ran was I think I was nine or ten and I allegedly yeah allegedly and uh, no this I'll self admit <laughs> this when they can come get me I had to. Uh, I like it. I had to admit this one later. I, I went around and I collected uh, uh, money uh, for the homeless and hungry. And uh, well, then I went to uh, the corner store and bought all the candy I could uh, with all that money. And uh, yeah, so being an entrepreneur for so long, um, in a way, and trying to manifest certain things, you know, I often would find myself going, you know, it, once I get the company to this point or once I open this next club or once I have this thing, you know, I, I would find myself there a lot. And then I realized, you know, let, let's say like uh, I started thinking about it, too, when you brought it up about, you know, the deathbed questions. I said, OK, think about it. Go ahead, Adam. Fund everything in your head. You funded everything. You've achieved every creative dream or avenue. OK, now what? Right. So then it's kind of like, damn, you know. I think the search for meaning or the search for the creation of almost has more meaning than the actual, you know, finish line. You know, we've created it, we've made it. And then what, you know, then you're kind of like, well, fuck what I got to, I got to create something else where we just keep creating and do keep creating and doing then really going, fuck, you know, I'm kind of telling everybody out there and myself and anything is, you know, who cares if it makes some, if you launch it or it makes millions of that's funding. Cause once you do that, then, then what? You know, damn it! It's, it's another, launched. yeah, it's another rabbit hole. It's a, uh, you know, it's all the pro. You know, I appreciate the check because it's just, uh, you know, it's all the process, and and you know, we can wish for these things and we can want it, but you know, it's you know, it's all the process. It's all learning. It's all just doing the thing and and seeing where it leads you. And you never know, man. I mean, me starting a dry cleaning delivery business, you know, three years ago, you know, and turning down some options, and you know, things worked out the way they worked out, and. and you know, but led me here and led me to podcast, led me to, you know, you know, some hopefully getting in flotation and help people. And so, you know, you start one thing and you never know where it might lead you. But if you hadn't started that thing, you definitely wouldn't be uh, where you want to be now. I don't know if that made any sense, but. Uh, well, I think you're living that, bro. You're on the Cognitive Rampage podcast that started out with you listening to a podcast many years ago. That led to you trying this and then going with Aubrey Marcus, all of the bubble. And now, look, you're, you're a guest on a podcast in the ring and that whole thing. So, I mean, th those are choices, your ways you're, you're living. So it's not just something we're saying here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, I first heard you on Rogan and I was like, oh, shit, he said Naples. <laughs> they got all worked <laughs> up and... And Dude, then, I, was, and then I, I couldn't believe I said that shit three times. I said their fucking name, and I was like, when I got off, Good, I was bro. Like, Call him. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna get a lawyer. I'm fucked. I'm gonna get lawyer. And then when I went, I got nothing. No cease and desist. Nothing. And I went, motherfuckers know it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get a word. Not a letter. Not an email. Really? Not, not a warning. Not a motherfucking thing. Nothing. I was already working at two other places up in Orlando. Those okay. two places, they fired me. Those two places fired me. Yeah, okay. Left L.A. I don't, I was already gone from down south, but when I was on Rogan, I mentioned him. I didn't get nothing. I was like, uh huh, that's right. You you ain't even seasoned assist nothing because you're like, just leave it alone. It'll hopefully just go away. <laughs> this uh, it's wild, man. It's wild to see these. Uh, even even my 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 girlfriend that I'm dating now, she had uh, a bad accident, had to deal with a lot of pain. And when I first met her. You know, like almost a year ago, she was on you know heavy opioid pain medicine, and, and through, you know, I was like, no, my buddy had sent me some CBD, uh, and I got her on that, and her pain went away, and and just to see that you know there's other options out there, and these opioids are just killing people, getting them hooked, bro. It's you know like you say, chemical incarceration, man. 
that was one third of my group, my treatment group that I would be working with. One third, or if not more, were people that simply hurt their foot, had a bad back, you know, and that's why I got on the naughty shit so much is because his route avoided pain and continued pill popping, which led to full on addiction and death. So his approach to, to physical therapy or rehabbing was like a fucking lifesaver to those going through addiction. Because if you take the PT route, you're going to just be tweaking in pain your whole life and you're going to be tweaking for opiates your whole life. And so I saw yeah. that as, a, as a, a beautiful avenue of, of what somebody was trying to bring to the table. And so for me, there are so many other avenues, but those people that were there, they didn't even mean, you know, it's, they don't mean to. That's why I they hate didn't that. mean I'm to be addict. there. Yeah. It's, right. That's why I hate I that. Mean, I'm an addict bullshit. Because I'm like, you're not an addict, but don't convince these people. The, all that happened is they were uninformed, misinformed of the chemicals they were taking, the addictive properties, and then it became they were bad people. They were addicts their whole lives. They have personal defects. I'm like, what the fuck? No, the system has fucking defects. You're out of your fucking mind. They didn't tell you they're handing you one of those powerful prescription medications on the planet that are going to addict you right now. Bro, so, uh, you know, what did they just approve? You know, 10 year olds for opioids. They got fentanyl patches. It's, dude, it's a whole rabbit hole, bro. And I and I went and I was at the hospital and my girl bumped her head and we were in there talking to the dude. And I was like, oh, no, you know, no more pain meds. She's on CBD. And the nurse guy nurse was like, what's CBD? And it's like, Jesus. Dog. Bro, come on, bro. And you were like my age. He's like 30-something. I'm like, what? So it's, you know, but old, old people have to, you know, this old system has to die and new people have to take over. It's, you know, the, the things they're learning is what they learned 10, 15 years ago. A medical, you know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. You tell me. Well, it's but. it's the way of the world. It's what we now look. I don't also. I went. I I don't want to demonize the the drugs either because that's that's the approach. I don't. No, want to they take. can help. Yeah, they well they help certain it. people that have chronic diagnoses that they can't do anything about unless it's you know biomechanics can do a lot. Sometimes nerve damage is is way beyond repair. You know, certain people, and it makes it very hard for those people to get things that help them survive. And that's I don't want to be naive to to both sides, and and that's real. And also antidepressants depressants, psychomeds, these also work for people. You apply them right, you do it right, but it's still a roll of the dice. It's still, you know, as long as you titrate off of them, it's still rolling it when there's so many other avenues to approach. And, and so much is yet to still be discovered by, by science of proving anything about brain and brain chemicals and fluids. So we have some evidence and some not and brain variations. So, you know, you really roll the dice. And I just think before you play with your fucking brain chemicals, holy shit, man, you know, look at the environment. Look, look, look at that first. Look at the people around you. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you believe. Look at the story you're telling. For the love of God, at least get your baselines or, or to see what your levels are, certain things. Check shit. I mean, do that first before you take a pill that may make you honestly want to fucking kill yourself. Yeah, man, it's wild. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks too, man. It's hard to, it's hard to get these, uh, you know, some of these, you know, precious old timers in my life to be open to this. But you know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you get lucky. But yeah, it's all about you got to be your own. You got to be your own advocate. You know, you got to do your own research. You got to do check stuff out on your own. You can't just trust that these guys have your best wishes involved. Just hopefully they do, and I'm sure in most cases they do. But sometimes they're they're busy as can be, you know, a lot of these guys in the hospital are on, you know, 80 hour shifts a week and, and, and just wild stories like that. It's like, so you're telling me that all the people in here are, are lack of sleep and, and the only other doctor has been here two years and all the people that are trying to be real doctors leave and do their own pro, pro you know, practice. And it's like, wait, that that's how this works. Like, what? So it's, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be your own advocate, man. That's what yeah. I found. Dude, I appreciate you pointing that out because the doctors take shit and the nurses, everybody's taking a lot of shit and they're getting fucked in a system just as hard. I mean, the insurance companies got them bent over. I mean, and they do get sued and they have what's called a duty to treat. So if you go into ERs and things like that and you're asking for pain meds, they have somewhat of a duty to treat that they can be sued for. So they're almost forced sometimes to give the people the pills that they're looking for. And so everybody has got the screws to them on each end of this system, man. And so everyone... That's why, and I'm gonna be. Well, I say everyone. I I don't know how irrational that is, but if you got a lot of money, if you got dough, you're not getting fucked by this system. You know, if there's a reason the rich seem to live a lot longer. You know what I mean? That's why these guys are 193 years old. It's not because they're reptilian aliens from other fucking planets. It's because they got money to keep their asses alive for a long time. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker. I used to be a sucker for a good conspiracy theory, but I could never get on the I could never get on the lizard the lizard lizard train, bro. <laughs> hey man, uh, I appreciate you coming on, Terrence, and, and chatting, man. And uh, I, I, it, why aren't you doing your own podcast? I, I know you're sharing other podcasts, but yeah, you man, do I'm, your own. I'm, work, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. Baby steps, man. Just trying to learn, you know, learn the logistics, and it's just kind of a barrier to entry as far as uh programs and this and that but uh it's on the list man so hopefully uh next couple months i'll get one out there i got a handful of people that i'd love to have as far as just uh conversations and just uh you know it's all uh, all in due time man i'm working on it so but when, when you're so when you're really when, when you want to do it we uh we take you on we're kind of picky you know we choose some clients but when when you're ready patricia myself and steve uh we produce a lot of podcasts on the side kind of behind the curtains for some shows that are out there and developing them uh, we focus a lot on businesses, man, but with, with somebody got your talent, you have a business with your, your terry cloth t-shirts, which I think is cool. Um, for me, the terry cloth, I flash back. It's weird. I'm, it's an odd thing. But uh, <laughs> my dad was rather intense when it came to work or working out or being intense in the home. And he forever had terry cloths everywhere. Uh, and they were either <laughs> thrown at me, whipped <laughs> with the little thing by my brother. They were wrapped around my whole life. Man. I, I, I fucking, I, I like. Well, I, I hope there's no trauma with that, man. It's, uh, I hope it, it's all love. I won't whip it at you or nothing. I'm willing, <laughs> nice, nice, pack it up for you. No, I love it, man. I, I, I really do, man. So I, I appreciate you. So if you do, you know, if you want to, you know, you need some information, I'll help yeah, you too along yeah, the way. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I actually have an appointment at like two, two thirty to go help work with a audio visual guy here in Fort Myers to help me kind of work on, you know, getting some things rolling, but, uh, good man, but I really appreciate that, man. Thank you very much for having me on, bro. What an honor. I mean, I can't believe you, know, you, uh, you reached out. And so I'm very grateful, man. Thank you, nah, man. Honors us, brother. You're the one sharing what you experience, your knowledge, your philosophies, man. And, uh, it's kind enough for you to, to honor us with your experience and your perception, man. So I appreciate you coming on Terrence and thanks for being active in the tribe, man. And, um, you know, helping others and being uh, patient and, and humble with others as you, uh, bring them some information. You know what I mean? Hey man, just try man. Uh, don't you? Oh, sorry, my dog bust up the scab. Uh, yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I'm just trying to do what I can, man. Try to try to try to change a little bit, and uh, you know, try to help everybody out. So, I appreciate it, brother. Uh, yeah. Well, ch- hey, you know what? Why don't you do a tribe of change podcast, man? That's why we put it there. So, I mean, it's on iTunes. It's on everything. So, I mean, you're a Tribe of Change member on Facebook. So, let's, I mean, just email Steve. You got his email. You guys exchanged before you came on the show. Just say, hey, I want to set up a, 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 a podcast on the Tribe of Change, and he'll get you all set up to go. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. I was actually real nervous this morning. Getting, you know, what, what's going to happen? What, what are we talking about? So, uh, I would definitely fun. be down to do that, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thank Please you. do it, man. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. All right. Much love. Thank you, man. Peace. Love you.